Hey, hi, uh, I am Richard Donner, but you can call me Dick, and you're listening to Superman Movie Minute. Is that right? Did I do it right? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Superman 3 Movie Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can flies this 1983 Superman 3, five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts, Rob Kelly, and joining me, as always, on this journey through time and space is... Chris Franklin. Howdy, Chris. Hey, Rob. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. Uh, we can both admit freely <laughs> that the last couple of shows were a little rough. And yes. uh, <laughs> and there's some parts of these five minutes, uh, which is going to be minutes uh, 105 to 110, um, uh, that are, are rough. But there's some genuinely good stuff in these five minutes. And I think yes. as, after this, the movie's going to go back on the upswing. So we, we got through what I think is kind of the nadir <laughs> of the movie. Yeah. And now we're going to be talking about some fun stuff. So I'm looking forward to... To, to stop complaining so much about Superman 3 and finally getting back to some stuff that is fun to talk about. Yeah, I think we've trudged through the swamp now. We're coming back up on land, I think. I think so. <laughs> I think so. So uh, these five minutes are going to open with, unfortunately, Gus still doing his patent routine. Uh, and then they're going to end with Superman at the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I wonder why he's there. Mm. So, okay, yeah. So these opening five minutes, we still got Gus going on uh doing his patent bit and again it's just it, to me it's not funny it doesn't belong in a superman movie it's just richard pryor in a weird way being hung out to dry by the by the you know the the producers and the director of just like hey richard just be funny and yeah. it's like, all right but we do get to the moment where uh gus hands superman the synthesized kryptonite that he has made and he he you know says it's it's an award basically and and superman takes it I do got to wonder why would Superman ever, ever take a strange green rock that someone hands? <laughs> I, I have so many questions really about this. I mean, you know, when you do a podcast like this and you examine things, it, it really does hit you. One again, why would Superman want a trophy that looks like the only substance that can kill him? <laughs> you know that, I mean, it's like, is it supposed to be like actually look like kryptonite or is it supposed to be just like this, you know, kind of, strange geode thing that like you know i i don't know uh two vera is watching very intently so did they expect superman just to drop dead right there <laughs> when it, you, uh, yeah, oh, wow. it, it'll fall over ill or begin to die right there so wouldn't they have been like, wouldn't you think that, wait a minute, this guy, these people just drove through the crowd, jumped up on stage, handed Superman this, and he fell over. Wouldn't they be arrested immediately? And if Superman did die, wouldn't they be put on trial and then honestly probably put to death for killing <laughs> Superman? I mean, okay. what kind of plan okay. is this? Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it just, it, and it, like, I, we're, we're trying to be positive, everybody. I really am. And we're going to get to some good stuff, but we're still dealing with these, these scenes. It's like, you shouldn't ever have Superman look dumb in a Superman movie. 
Right. That's not a good idea. And the fact that he just sheepishly takes this thing that looks just like kryptonite, it, like, wouldn't he just be like, well, wait a minute. Like, what? You know, it, he, the fact that he just takes it and sits down like he's, in, like he's a child, it just doesn't make Superman look awesome. And that's what these movies are supposed to do. Yeah, it, it yeah, it, it it definitely makes Superman look like he's not suspect of any of this. I mean, he's just kind of like puzzled, like this is weird, you know, uh, <laughs> but, but he's not like he's just mildly bemused. He's not like, hmm, what, what, who is this guy, you know, and and, you know, Superman doesn't get on the call to the Pentagon, you know, at Lana's <laughs> house and say, uh, did you send a general out to, you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Make a quick trip to Star Labs and have Janet Clyburn uh, examine this rock. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we already got one ravishing redhead in this movie. I guess you didn't need to have the, the second. Um, so after that scene, we get Gus uh, making a phone call to Ross Webster. By the way, I love that phone booth. That It's not even a phone booth. It's that phone stand. Yeah. I've never seen one like that where it's like this, this – it's it's like a circle with the part cut off so you can reach the phone but like it's very mod looking i love it it looks way more modern and sophisticated than than i've ever seen in in even a city let alone in what supposedly is kind of you know the backwater burg of smallville yeah that is it's very i mean it's it's like a it's like a high-tech phone pod or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) man it looks really cool i like it i mean again i'm assuming that that was not put there that that was a, you know, a genuine prop that existed and they just used it. But man, it is super cool looking. I absolutely love it. So Ross calls, um, I mean, uh, Gus calls Ross Webster and tells him, uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't work. Superman's still alive. And we get a line that, again, I'm trying, trying to be positive, everybody. But there's a line here that just, I don't know. It, 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 when I, even when I was a kid, it made me cringe. Where Ross Webster says, you couldn't, you, you didn't kill Superman. You couldn't do that one simple thing. Yeah. And it it's like, is that supposed to be funny? Because obviously killing Superman is really hard. Lex Luthor couldn't do it. The Phantom Zone villains couldn't do it. So like, what, is Ross Webster insane? I mean, I know the idea that he's an egomaniac and he thought this plan was so good. By the way, I love that he's got a photo of Nixon yes. and, and Kissinger uh, behind him. That's a, that's a fun detail. But it just makes Ross Webster look like a moron, you know, like that. What are you talking about? Of course he can't kill Superman because he's Superman. Right. I, I, I do. I do. You know, I, I, I will give Robert Bond has that, you know, his erudite uh, demeanor, the way he says that asked you to do one thing and you couldn't even do that. You know, the way, he, you know, just like each, each word's like dripping with just contempt as he says it. I will say that that's kind of a, it's a nice delivery, but yeah, the line is, is kind of eh. what one positive thing I will say is I do like how nervous Richard Pryor is on the phone with mm. him. He's, 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 he's obviously really nervous about, you know, calling his boss and saying he screwed up, but you know, cause he's telling him about, well, it had the unknown ingredient, like the, you know, like the chicken that comes in the bucket. And it's, <laughs> it's like uh, another KFC reference. Did they, did they, <laughs> did they pay for this movie? I mean, we always, you know, there's always those, where did the salt kinds, you know, they got the money for these movies themselves. Warner brothers did not like pay for these movies. Basically. Insane. That's insane. So, we think it, about it, it is. <laughs> it is. It's just nuts. But it's like, so did like, did they go to Colonel Sanders and get money to make <laughs> this movie? Is that why there's so much KFC referencing in this film? But, I, I will say Pryor does a good job acting nervous because, I mean, you know, you do kind of get sometimes you feel like Richard Pryor's a little asleep at the wheel 
in this film because he doesn't, I, I think Richard Pryor like us is like, he's probably like, why am I in this movie? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, but he, he plays the, he plays that part really well when he's nervous on the phone. And I will say that as much as I don't like the line that he has, when he couldn't do that one simple thing, there is uh, Robert Vaughn drops the phone. Yeah. The receiver. He doesn't put it back on the cradle. He just drops it. And that is a total pink Panther take. Like this scene is like directed by Blake Edwards. Like this is exactly the kind of, but I'm bum bum rhythm that they would have had when like Herbert Lom as inspector Dreyfus finds out that like Clouseau is on the case. Yeah. Or that Clouseau is still alive. It's that what Clouseau? but the, drops the phone and then he falls into like a vat of jello. Like it's that same. And you can argue that kind of take doesn't belong in a Superman movie and it doesn't, but I never, as a fan of the pink Panther series, I sort of appreciate Richard Lester's. You can see where Richard, what Lester, Richard Lester was trying to do. I still don't agree that it was the right approach, but at least with that scene, it's like, Oh, that's totally Herbert Lom on the phone talking to Clouseau. That's exactly that same rhythm. Yep, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought of that, but yeah, it does feel like that. When yeah. I watch it, I was like, wow, what am, I, what am I thinking of? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking of, like, the Big <laughs> Panther Strikes Again. Um, so then we get to Lana's house. By the way, Lana has a very nice house for a it, single mom who lives in Smallville. I don't know what kind of money she's making, but it's a pretty nice house. Yeah, I mean, it's a freaking mansion, man. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's got French doors and everything. It's really yeah, nice. I mean, how many rooms does that thing have? I mean, it had to be a family home that she inherited, I would yeah, Oh, right, there you go. Yeah, there you go. The land, well, her dad the was an archaeologist, stuff. remember, in a comic book, so, you know. So. <laughs> yes, I'm sure that's canon. <laughs> Professor uh, Lang, you know. <laughs> yes, and she made all that money being insect queen, so there's that, too. We have to right. go back to that. The Legion, the, 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 the Legion <laughs> sends her a check for being a, yeah, you know, exactly. a reserve member, you know. The, exactly. The, yeah. Finally, the Legion does something. <laughs> with with interest in the 30th century, she makes a ton of money. That's right. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So uh, there's a, a great scene here with, uh, now we're on to something I like. We're, we're in a great, and any scene with Annette O'Toole and Christopher Reeve is golden. It's great. Yep. They have great chemistry. Um, there is a, I, I mean, again, maybe we're presupposing this because we've revealed how much you and I like an tool, but to me, it's like they have, uh, a somewhat of an underlying sexual chemistry more than a, that they like each other chemistry, but there, to me, there is a somewhat of a sexual element to these two people. And I don't think you can create it. Uh, and I don't honestly think at all times, Christopher Reeve really had it with Margot Kidder in some yeah. ways, but he's got it with an Edo tool. He absolutely does. Um, so any scene with those two to me has a, has a sort of a crackle of excitement. And we're going to get to even something in these minutes that I think is even more pronounced there. I will say it is funny that when Lana disappears to go get coffee, <laughs> we, we see that the effects of, you know, this rock have hit Superman and there's this music sting where it's like, Burr. And Superman starts looking like, basically, like he's got um, diarrhea. <laughs> That's just what it looks like. And it reminds me of that commercial where it was like, diarrhea is like a storm raging inside you. <laughs> like, That's what it looks like. It's like <laughs> Superman's like, why did I eat that? <laughs> it's like, I, I hate making jokes like that, but I can't help it. That's what it looks like. It's just like, oh, Taco Bell. Oh, God. Because <laughs> like, he's sweaty. We see that he's sweaty. <laughs> just like... <laughs> Goes back to the fortress, like father, my stomach. It's like Don, go for the Pepto Bismol. You know, it's like, I told you, my son, do not eat the KFC. And like, can't say that, 
KFC sponsors this movie. We can't have that. I think but the just, coleslaw was bad, Dad. I, I don't know. <laughs> I told you not to eat the human food. Uh, well, that's a horrible Marlon Brando we're both doing. But anyway, it's, to me, it just made me laugh. It just There's something about just the fact that Christopher Reeve doesn't – he stands there and looks odd, but the fact that there's the boom music sting is just like, okay. So then Lana gets a phone call, and she's like, oh – there's a there's this catastrophe on the bridge. You gotta you you gotta get out of here. And then the scene really turns because Superman, now under the effect of the the rock, although we don't know that, says, "Oh, I'll get there. I always get there in time." And the look on Lana's face when he says that is marvelous because yeah. she's like, "What?" Like she's just <laughs> completely. And again, I don't want to oversell it. This is a PG movie especially of all the three Superman movies, this is the most family-friendly it's meant to be, uh, or kid-friendly, I should say. Well, there's parts of it later that aren't. but <laughs> Parts of it later that are not. But but I will say, like to me, there is a slight real dark energy in this scene because imagine if you're a human and you are alone with Superman and then he starts acting weird, that's kind of scary because yes. you know... I am sharing a room with a guy that could rip me apart or melt me with his eyes. And to this point, Superman has always been, you know, like totally trustworthy, totally above board. And she's got this guy in her home. But when this guy starts acting strange, it's got to be really unnerving. And I really think Christopher Reeve and Annette O'Toole sell it the way he sits too close to her. First of all, yeah. he's huge. Like he's, he looks like he's twice her size. But I really like this scene because it, it does have that slight feeling of like, ooh, this is this is not right. Yeah, I mean, I picked up on that this time more than I ever have before. I mean, his line, you know, it's unusual finding a good-looking girl like you alone like this. I mean, <laughs> that exactly what you said. It's I, I, I think it's probably colored by, uh, you know, our our perceptions now that we're more keenly aware of, of how much women – have to deal with yes. the predatory side of men, uh, obviously. How easily men descended to creep being creeps. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's it, you know it's 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 more out there. You know, there's definitely you know obviously there's you know women are speaking out about it, and it so it comes to mind more. And Lana seems actually legitimately scared and uncomfortable. And and Christopher Reeve is doing a great job. I feel like he's probably reaching back into his soap opera days when he was apparently a real cad on uh, love love of life uh, <laughs> so much so that you know old women would come up and beat him in restaurants and hit him with their purse because he was so such an a-hole on the show God, people are uh, insane yeah i know i know, but, <laughs> I know. It's not real but, people <laughs> yeah, it's not real uh but yeah the you know she is just uh you know like you said i, I just get this feeling that you can just like look at, at an edo tool the way she like looks over at him and her eyes dart around that she's thinking, okay, this guy's kind of creepy. And if he wants to do something, how could I ever stop him? Yep. You know? Yeah. And it, he's it, staring it, at her. Like he's it, staring at her, which is really he's creepy. staring at her. And I mean, if Superman's staring at her, there's quite, and he's in this mode, it's quite possible. He's looking right through her clothes. I mean, you know, so, <laughs> I mean, it's very possible, well, you, you know, so <laughs> sorry, I would. I'd be doing that, but all right. That's why I'm not Superman. <laughs> I am not Superman. I'm, I'm not worthy of the costume. That's absolutely true. Uh, but but then he wakes up. Then he kind of like snaps out of it, and he's like, "What? Oh my god!" And then he he 
he takes off, uh, which is good again. And he looks a little disheveled again. That's gotta be really scary. Um, to, to imagine that Superman is not feeling well, you know, yeah. like that's just not right. And so then we get to, uh, this bridge and we see that this tanker truck is dangling off and you know, these are not miniatures cause we see these are real people and they, yeah. they chuck a tanker off of a bridge into a, into a ravine or a river and it's a solid effect. I mean, it looks great. I mean, it's, they dumped and it, you know, it's like a real life thing that probably weighs a couple of tons into this ravine. But of course it's already happened and Superman is too late and he arrives and he's like, basically what can I do? And it's so funny because you get a cop and then this construction worker completely mouthing off to Superman. Yeah. They're just like, ah, yeah, where were you five minutes ago? Nothing for you to do now. And then I love that the one construction worker just walks by and sort of insults Superman and doesn't even break stride. Like, he's just like, yeah, okay, F you. And then he walks away. Like, they're really pretty. Like, maybe Superman was busy. Like, maybe he's fixing an earthquake or something. He can't be everywhere. Didn't you see the first two movies? Maybe on his way over to the Galactic Golem, like, like, you know, broke out of his prison or something. You know, you don't know. I mean, yeah, exactly. They're very dismissive of him. And it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it you know, it, it's super, and, and it, it looks like in that scene that they've already kind of started to darken around Christopher Reeve's eyes. Like he mm-hmm. seems like he's got kind of like bags under his eyes and, and is, is it just me or is this costume actually start, is it looking a little bit darker in that scene already? I think so. I think it is. I think all the, the saturation is just like a little, all the colors are a little darker. Yeah, I do love when he comes in for the landing here. It's so, I mean, he is, again, Christopher Reeve is on a crane way high up in the air mm-hmm. over no kind of safety net or <laughs> you can't see. It's not there. And they, back then they couldn't digitally take it out like they could now. You yep. know, nowadays they could have a mat from here to, you know, from, from Cincinnati for me and they could take it out, you know, but it's like, <laughs> but back, back, you know, back then, if, if, you know, they, they couldn't have faked it like that. And I mean, he's coming in, you know, it's a really great landing. It, it, I mean, he co- looks like he's coming in from the sky and landing. It looks great. And you can't thank God, you know, I know I complained about that earlier. No wires are visible in this mm-hmm. scene. So mm-hmm. it looks really good. Looks really yeah, it really good. does. So then we cut to uh, Italy and uh, we see the, a vendor outside uh, the Leaning Tower of Pisa and a street sweeper talking through some kind of dodgy green screens uh, there. Yeah. It's very clear. There's like, they've both got like this halo around them. It doesn't look super great, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, the guy playing the Pisa vendor is John Bluthall. He passed away in 2018. He was in movies like Help, which of course, Richard Lester, The Fifth mm-hmm. Element, Labyrinth, and Hail Caesar, the Coen Brothers movie. So he had quite a nice career. Um, and then the guy playing the street sweeper is George Chisholm. He passed away in 1997. Uh, he only had a couple of film credits. This is his last film, Superman three. Uh, the, the other film that he was, that he was in that was notable at all was a movie called the knack and how to get it directed by Richard Lester. So obviously Richard Lester good at the, you know, keeping people's uh, names in his memory banks and, and reusing them. And we, you know, we see these guys talking and they say the Pisa vendor, he makes all of his money selling little replicas of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And then we see Superman flying in. And in a moment, we're going to find out why he's in Italy, why he's there to uh, be near the Leaning Tower of Pisa. We don't see the gag at the end of these five minutes. We're going to, we don't want to like talk too much about the next five minutes, but I'm curious of what your thought was, Chris, is like, we we know what's going to happen. Obviously, we've all seen the movie. Right. But there is no... Indi- like, 
the last time we see Superman, he's not under the spell of the rock. And now at this point, he clearly is under the spell of the rock. There isn't any indication that he is now kind of flopped back over. Are they trying to say that like the two guys, the cop and the construction worker insulting him kind of like pushed him back into the bad Superman or am I, am I reading too much? I I don't know. I I never thought of that. I just, I just kind of get that, that, you know, the effects hadn't fully kicked in on him. So that's why he was able to shake it off when Lana's like, well, what about the bridge? And he's like, what bridge? And she's Mm -hmm. like the bridge. He's like, Oh yeah, the bridge, you know, uh, (laughs) Uh, I I, I kind of feel like, you know, he had symptoms of the kryptonite poisoning and, and, and then it, you know, it, it actually, the illness actually kicks in at, at some point that we don't see. Cause I, we don't even know how long it's been since that scene, you know, That's I, true, I mean, yeah. we, we do jump around in time quite a bit here in the next several sequences. And um, so, yeah, I, I'm not sure. It, you know, it's kind of funny because there's a really nice aerial shot approaching the, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Uh, so I, I feel like that they probably filmed there, like from a helicopter or something. So it makes me wonder, I guess they couldn't, maybe the, I, I've never been to, to Italy, so I've never been to the Leaning Tower of Pisa, but I don't know if there wasn't, they couldn't get permits or they they weren't you know able to like actually set the stand up in front of it somehow or something but it just you know i yeah i, I kind of wish you know obviously they went there to film that unless they got it from some other it looks really good so i don't think it comes from a stock archive or anything mm-hmm. uh so it's like i kind of wish they had filmed it because yeah the green screening is a little it's a little dodgy uh there mm-hmm. but but yeah it's as far as him yeah i'm not really sure what triggered him other than the, I always just assumed the kryptonite poisoning fully kicked in at this point. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, it could be that the, the, the footage they got of the, of the pizza is like, they just sort of stole it. Like they just, you know, yeah. they hired a helicopter and they're like, here, here's a camera, just shoot us some B roll and then send it over as opposed to actually hiring actors, bringing them over to a set, get, you know, getting the director as yeah. all that work. It's probably easier just to say here, could you just shoot some footage of the, all right. Thank you. All right. 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 That's true. Too. Trying to save yeah. money as best we can. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's the end of these five minutes, but he said, we're, we're out of the trough. We're out of yeah. the trough of this movie. And now we're back to some good stuff. Cause we said any scene with Superman and then, and, and uh, Lana is great. And then we're going to see fun, evil Superman shortly. So, I'm excited. We're going to head back into some good stuff to talk about for Superman three. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, this is the sequence. Everybody remembers. We're getting into it, you know, yep. uh, leading up to it. And, and, uh, and we're, you know, approaching, uh, the sequence that I honestly feel like is, it still holds up as one of the better sequences in the whole series. So it's, it's Absolutely. very exciting. Yep. It's very exciting. Yeah, I can't wait to get to it. So that's going to do it for this episode of Superman 3 Movie Minute. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Of course, you can find back episodes of the show on our website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can subscribe to Superman Movie Minute on any podcatcher of your choice. Uh, we're always talking the Superman movies over on Twitter, at Superman Movement. And then finally, uh, we need to thank uh, Alex Robinson and Pete the Retailer from the Star Wars uh, Movie Minute show uh, for creating this format and allowing us to borrow it for our own ends. We uh, Thanks very much, guys. And uh, oh, one other thing, of course, we have to thank our, patron, uh, our patrons over at patreon.com slash fwpodcast. If you want to support the Fire and Water Podcast Network, just head over there and uh, you can be name-checked on a show of your choice. And so big thanks to Superman's pal, Henry Bernstein, for his support of Superman Movie Minute. We really appreciate it. Most so, definitely. So, uh, so that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Come back next time as the adventure continues with Superman 3 Movie Minute.
Giorgio, per favore. E grazie.